Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. You know, every day on I Work For Him, we're hard at work just connecting our faith to our entire lives as we talk about whole life discipleship. But our workplace, it becomes our mission field. And as our mission field, and in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. It's so important that we recognize the power in the workplace that's available to us as Christ followers. And every day we're trying to tackle those topics that help us be better equipped for the conversations. And today we're talking about fear, blocks, and limiting beliefs. What do you fear? Is fear from God? What are our limiting beliefs? Can we break God out of our God box in our minds? So many of us live with limits on how powerful God is and how powerful we allow God to be in our lives. Today's the day we're going to bash that box into smithereens and allow the Lord to just take over in our lives because we're going to set aside our fears. We're going to set aside our blocks. We're going to set aside our limiting beliefs. As we talk with Tom and Pam Wolf from identityanddestiny.com. Tom and Pam put together this manual, this workbook that helps us find our God-given sweet spot. And yes, we've done lots of shows with Tom and Pam because I feel that this is a workbook that every Christ follower in the United States of America and around the world should have to go through as required reading. Right after you do your devotions in the morning and read the scriptures, you go into the Identity and Destiny workbook and read more scriptures in a very specified fashion that help you find out who you are, who did God make you to be, what should you be doing, and what's your assignment. Tom and Pam Wolf, welcome back to I Work For Him. Good Thank to be you, here. Jim. Good to see you. You know, here's the question. I always ask these really tough questions at the beginning, but how has the enemy used fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs in your life, Pam? Wow, what a way to start. Well, let's just dig <laughs> right in. Let's go. Right in. Go for the wall right um, now. I thought about that question because you kind of prepped us that we might be asked something like that. And uh, there's so many examples in my life where um, the enemy has used fear to try to shut me down, to stop me, to... Um, get me not to believe what God is saying in my spirit. And I think the way he works best with me, the enemy, is in the middle of the night. It's at 3 a.m. That's what the enemy gets at you, is the middle uh, well, of the night. I wake up, and somehow in the dark, you know, the dark, um, that's when the thoughts grab hold of me, and I have a hard time shaking them. And what I've learned is literally, I have, I have a few scriptures that I've memorized, and I fight the enemy with the word. And it's the one thing that helps me. Tom, what about you? 
And we're going to get deeper into that, Pam. I'm not yeah. just blowing it off. We're yeah. going to get to that because three o'clock is a powerful time in my life. Mm-hmm. Tom, how has the enemy used fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs in your life? Uh, Wallace, I thought about this. Uh, one of the ways, one of the fears I've always had is fear of failure. Now, quite frankly, I use that to my benefit from the standpoint that I burn the ships, I destroy the bridges, and whatever I'm focused on, it's going to be successful because I'm so terrified of failing. So I've used that as a positive in my career. But personally, one of the big fears that I've dealt with is a fear of rejection, fear of abandonment. So Hmm. that's been a tough one that I've fought my entire life. And, And as you're listening today, I know you've got fears. You've got blocks, things that stand in your way, and you've got limiting beliefs, things where you're like, I'm not really sure I believe that God can do that. We're going to talk about that today because we need to unleash the power of God in our workplace around the globe, and we're going to talk about how to do it today right here on I Work For Him as we talk today about fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. How does your the way you look at life, how does it impact you and keep you from living out your faith vibrantly in the workplace, and in every other part of your life, in your neighborhood, in your home, in your church. So many of us have been, I don't know, deceived by the power of the enemy because he thinks he's powerful, even though the battle's already been won, the little skirmishes along the way he thinks he wins. But we all, oper- all of us, everybody listening, has fears that they have to deal with. And Pam, you were sharing. We're talking today with Tom and Pam Wolf from IdentityAndDestiny.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it, I've been talking about this really since just about when we went on the air three and a half years ago. If you ever are looking for a workbook, a Bible, I like to call it a Bible study. Tom wants me to call it a workbook, so I'm trying to be respectful. The most powerful thing I've ever gone through to help me understand who God created me to be, you need to get a copy of this Identity and Destiny study, Finding Your God-Given Sweet Spot. Go to identityanddestiny.com, identity, the word and, destiny.com. Buy a copy today. It is next to the 20 bucks you spent to buy a Bible, the next best 20 bucks you can ever spend. It will transform your life. But as we know, the great Ace Andrews, who has hosted many of your shows, Pam, you, you brought it up, and, and Tom, you brought it up. This is an easy book to get, but not an easy book to start. Now, Ace is supposed to call in today during the show today and let us give us an update on what he's gotten accomplished, but this is one that it's easy to get started. I always tell people the first four weeks, super easy, because you're learning all about yourself. Right. But the next four are a little bit tough because the enemy doesn't want you to learn the things in the final four weeks. That's right. Why is that, Tom? What do you think? Well... If a person knows who they are in God's eyes, which is going to be very positive, it's going to change their trajectory in life, and they're going to move forward, do things, and accomplish things that maybe the deceiver doesn't want them to accomplish. And if a person truly understands why they were created and what their purpose is, he is not going to be able to redirect them into areas that keep them from achieving what God wants them to achieve. So it's at this stage when we coach people through this process that both of us uh, warn people because we say forewarned is forearmed. Mm, I like that. Um, Be prepared. I've seen situations where people were out of work for months looking for a job, and when they got to this section, all of a sudden they got interviews all over the place and had to travel and were too busy to continue. And I warned them about it, and they said, wow. And projects that were sitting on the table that were never approved all of a sudden get approved. 
because he wants to keep us busy, redirected, away from focusing on getting these answers. You know, it's funny. Now, Tom and I did not, we've, we've not worked on any kind of a marketing, joint marketing campaign. When I promote Identity and Destiny, it is because I am passionate about this product. In fact, when Martha and I did our 5,208-mile trip in the last couple of weeks, I handed out copies of Identity and Destiny to leaders of, of great mission faith and work mission organizations around the country because they tell people, listen, you don't need you don't ever need to put anything together on helping people understand identity and destiny. It's all right here. It's already done. Don't don't think you could do it any better because it's already right here. But I tell people the first four weeks, phenomenally easy to get through because you're really learning. It is super encouraging stuff. The last four weeks are super equipping. But I tell people the enemy will do whatever he can to keep you from finishing those four weeks. He will do whatever he can. It took me 16. I did it on my own. And I was working two jobs at the same time. I was on the radio and I was working my full-time job at Platinum. But I got through it, but I remember it being battle. And I've taken many business people through. And you almost have to keep pounding them over the head to finish the job, finish the job. Right, right. So we're going to focus today on fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. Pam, you mentioned in the beginning of the show that 3 o'clock in the morning is when the enemy attacks you. Yet mm-hmm. I find... Three o'clock in the morning, now I'm a high D like Tom. Three o'clock in the morning is the only time the Lord can get through to me because I've been shut up for usually four or five hours and I'm quiet enough to hear his voice. But the enemy will sometimes wake me up with like a bad dream and I have to fight it off. But you say that that's the time where the enemy grabs hold of you more often. Mm -hmm. I find that I can't fall asleep, can't fall easily back to sleep. I guess I've had enough sleep that I'm, I'm... not exhausted to the point of just quickly dropping off to sleep again. Living with Tom, is that exhausting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just busy days, busy days. But uh, it, uh, it, it's a hard time when you're, there's nothing to distract you. There's no thoughts. And it really is a time to turn to the Lord and use that time to pray, to, to memorize. For me, it's like hide in my heart uh, those scriptures that I can pull back up. And, you know, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is my go-to verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart. And honestly, as I pray that, there is power in that word, and He does calm my heart. Oh, absolutely He will. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about eliminating the fears because fears when we have fears it means we're doubting some attribute of god that we just don't have a clear understanding of what it's all about and most of the time our fears our blocks our limiting beliefs are things that are unfounded and it's because we're doubting what the scriptures are saying we're doubting the attributes of god now i'm not going to develop all this time and pam are the experts we're talking with tom and pam wolf from identityanddestiny.com and i wanted to read the scripture because this is from Isaiah 41.10. Now, remember that Isaiah is a guy that he was sawed in half for his faith. And as a prophet of God, he was speaking to the people of Israel. He said, don't be afraid. God is speaking through Isaiah to the people of Israel. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. But how many of us operate from the position of defeat? I mean, that's what I'm amazed at. You know, let's just say the election had gone the other direction. How many of you would be weeping and gnashing? You know, it, we, it didn't matter who got elected. God is still on the throne. Amen. And we need to remember that he's already won the final battle, yet we, fit, we, we tend to put our faith in humans who are full of faults 
And we tend to limit the power of God when he... Have you looked through the Hubble Space Telescope recently, people? (laughs) There's some pretty incredible stuff out there. Have you looked at a strand of DNA? There's some pretty... From the smallest to the biggest, there's incredible stuff. How about the supermoon we're going to experience tonight? If it gets rid of the clouds here in Tampa or around the world, unbelievably bright last night through the clouds. It was incredible. Tom, develop this fear thing like the what what are what are fears blocks and limiting beliefs well from a perspective of fear fear is an emotion and it's it's like any other emotion okay it's there it's a tool for us to use it's like i like to say it's like the uh, dashboard when a light goes on in your dashboard like the engine light goes on check engine soon right it goes on and it's saying something to you so that emotion's communicating to you that okay something's going on inside you need to pay attention so if you're driving down the highway and one of those signs is along the side and it says caution slow down danger ahead or you know falling look for falling rocks on the road or whatever it might be you don't pull over to the side and stop you slow down you pay more attention you stop texting while you're driving. You turn the radio down, and you pay attention to what you're doing. Let's hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing that fear is. Fear is an emotion that you should respect, and what you need to do is say, okay, my senses, the Holy Spirit, whatever, is telling me, pay attention. Think about this. Analyze this. But most people with their fears stop on the highway. They're fearful to go forward, or they, you know, don't want to go forward because they're afraid. So it's just like those signs on the road, the dashboard light, pay attention to it, but keep moving in the direction you're going. Manage it. it. One of the things that we did in the book is we actually took Webster's definition for fear, and it says it is a painful emotion not just emotion, but it's a painful emotion. Anybody who's been in fear, I mean, literally, you can physically feel pain sometimes from fear or passion excited by an an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger. And it's like when I would awake at night and really get overcome by fear, there have been times when what I was fearing wasn't just my imagination getting carried away. It was because there were very real things going on in my life that there was reason in the natural to be fearful. Several years ago, our youngest daughter was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 28. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you've heard what the doctors have said and it's not good, it's hard to remember what you read that morning and what God's saying to you about her impending healing rather than what the doctors might have us believe based on what they're saying. So fear can be very real. And God knew we were going to have fear. Our pastor at one point said, the Bible has scriptures relating to the idea of what you just read. Do not fear. How many times do you, do you read in scripture that he says, do not fear? Our pastor says it's at least 365, which means there's one for every day of the year. Because somewhere along the line, something's going to jump up that's going to cause you to be fearful. Now, it may be different scales or degrees of that, but fear is something we all have to learn to deal with. Well, plus, uh, I mean, it's a valid emotion, but God gave us emotions to help us. Most people allow their emotions to lead them. Mm -hmm. Pigs experience fear, okay? But they don't have 
a brain like our brain. We're supposed to be directed by our brain and our intellect and our beliefs. And if rational we, thinking, right? If we use the scripture as our guide, we analyze it, think about it rationally, and use our intellect, then we usually have the ability to overcome the fear. I mean, we're not in. We're not in situations where we have some wild animal chasing us, where we have to run and decide flight or not fight. Not often. <laughs> but the fears we deal with these days are fears of uh, death of something that's important to us, fear of death of friends, fear of financial problems, fear of... Death of a dream, even. Death of a dream, Whatever it might be. Sometimes it's just fear of the unknown. Yes. Fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a powerful one. Yeah. And, and the, you know, our society, well, if you, we got rid of television years ago in our house. We have Netflix, but we don't have like the, we stopped watching the news on television about 15 years ago. Wow. I said, because it's all it is is to feed our fears. I mean, everything about the news is to feed our fears. The media, feeds fears and then they present their side in order to alleviate or solve those problems that fear brings. And I just said, no, enough of that, enough of that, because I don't want to live by fear. I serve a triumphant God. Yes. Yet the, but when that stuff gets fed into your head all day long, it's hard to fight those. It's hard to fight that. The mm-hmm. way we like to define fear is false evidence appearing real, because I would challenge everybody who's listening today to take even just a week and write down every time you think of something that gives you a sense of fear. Write it down. I guarantee you that 90% of what they fear does not happen. Well, and I would say that 90% of what we truly fear, maybe even a larger number, is usually made up in our heads. Not always, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, but there's, mm-hmm, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. but as a Christ follower, we've been given the most incredible hope. We know Mm -hmm. that Jesus conquered death. I mean, he demonstrated time and time again his increasing power over everything earthly, Mm -hmm. right up to Mm -hmm. the raising Mm -hmm. of Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. He waited till Lazarus was really good and stinky. It was past the three days. It was the fourth day because the King James Version said, he will stinketh. If you remember that, if you remember, I remember hearing that as a kid. I will never forget that. But, but, and Jesus said, no, 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 no. I got this. I got all of this. I have yet... We constantly go back to that fear stuff. Mm-hmm. Tom, how does fear play then into blocks and limiting beliefs? Well, blocks, uh, they're, they're cousins, let's say, okay? A block is something that uh, is standing in the way of living the life that God wants you to live and your relationship with him. So the block might be something that's so important to you that uh, it almost becomes idolatry, okay? Mm. Another block that we see, the big block that we see is unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm. There's a lot of anger out there. There's a lot of unforgiveness out there, and people are unwilling to give it up. Mm -hmm. They feel like, I deserve to be angry at this person. I deserve to unforgive or not forgive them because of what they've done to me. And unfortunately, that's not what the scripture tells us to do. Yeah, I call it justifiable unforgiveness mm-hmm. because we can justify it. And, and a lot of times our friends and people around us would say, well, you're completely justified. But that's not what God says. 
Yeah, I remember going through. I mean, those, and we see those blocks all the time. We we see them all the time in, in marriage mentoring and business mentoring. You see these, you see the fears. A lot of people operate from fear, fear of not being able to make payroll. I mean, constantly every week, not being able to make payroll. They're fearful all the time. But these blocks, the having it gets in even a deeper, I don't know, deeper. Just another part of the psyche where you have to really work through it because these blocks, this unforgiveness thing, Tom, that you just said, holy smokes. And that becomes a habit. I mean, I love what Celebrate Recovery says. It's hurts, hangups, or habits that are standing in the way of you being the best version of you. That's the, a block. And these idols that you're talking about, money. I mean, I see what, what I see blocks more in Christ followers is their possessions mm. or their pursuit of possessions. Mm-hmm. Just get in their way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it makes them have a pretty mamby pamby weenie butt faith. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. that is my patented. That is my phrase. If you ever hear that repeated on the radio anywhere else, you know they you got know it here. It Jim. That's right, <laughs> because I see that all the time. As and I and I feel bad for these people because they're they're getting they're getting limited. Their mm-hmm. stuff gets in the way. It's not to say you can't have stuff and have a deep dynamic faith. I've seen that too. But I see a lot of people in pursuit of that, mm-hmm. that it blocks them from experiencing everything that God's got in, in store for them. Well, and I think you have to know if that's an Achilles heel for you and if it's going to be a temptation that's going to be hard for you to overcome. I mean, it's like, don't put yourself in harm's way. But Jesus me, said it was me it's the... like, don't go to the International Mall. You know, Jesus like, said that there'll that... be stuff there I don't need. <laughs> Jesus said that riches would be an Achilles heel for most of us. What about limiting beliefs, Tom? Explain those. Well, limiting beliefs, uh, we all have thousands and thousands of beliefs. We've developed them over time uh, as we were growing up from our uh, siblings, from uh, friends, high school. And uh, they're beliefs that we adopted early on that are like these little programs that run in the back of your computer. You don't know they're running. You don't know what's going on, but they're having an impact on the overall results. So you're saying beliefs are like malware. Mm-hmm. Or spyware. <laughs> well, limiting beliefs are malware. Okay. okay. Yeah. Only the limiting beliefs. Okay. The list. Right. That's good. Right. I like right. the limiting beliefs. They're like malware or spyware. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there are these uh, things that we have that we developed. I mean, one of the big ones that uh, I've dealt with and that most people deal with is I'm not good enough. And it depends on how you respond to that. And that's a belief that you've got to get rid of. And. It's talked about in the scripture. We're a child of God. We're adopted into the family. He loves us. And then why do you say, well, I'm not good enough? So you have to analyze that and decide, is that something that I want to keep? Is that helping me? No. Get so, rid of it. So there are lies that we believe. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you begin to believe limiting beliefs about yourself, it limits your worthiness in your own mind. It limits your potential. Because you don't see yourself as being capable, able, gifted, or purposed to be anything beyond what those limiting beliefs are holding you back um, and containing you. Well, and that's really why I said we got to break God out of the box. We got to, uh, Him in in our minds because these fears, these blocks, these limiting beliefs—they really do. They they build a box around God where he's unable to do the things in us that he'd like to be able to do because we're limiting him. We, we'd be like, no, 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 Lord. Sorry, I, I just, we can't, no, no, I'm not, no. I can't, I can't see you being able to do that. All right, Tom and Pam, fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. I know that Martha, if she was right here, she'd go, okay, now we've done enough of the glass half empty. Let's talk about the glass half full. How do we move past this? Because as I was looking at one of your previous pages, it talks about that there's a battle for our soul. And really, as long as the enemy can keep throwing and feeding our fears, our blocks, and our limiting beliefs, he's winning the battle for control of our soul. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're Christ followers, 
Jesus has died for our soul, but we need to turn over control. We need to recognize the power that God has. How do we move forward, Tom? How do we move forward? Well, first you got to identify these things. Okay. You got to see what God has to say about them. You can get input from other wise people, wisdom, guidance, pray about it. People that really know you well. Yeah. And will be honest. Be yeah. But charitable, but honest. As a husband and wife looking at each other. It could be painful. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you really. This was a this was a tough tougher exercise to go through and just really be honest of the things that are that you're fearful of that you doubt about an attribute of God. I mean, that's pretty powerful. When I read a book about the attributes of God, I realized that's that's where a lot of our fears are based. So, Tom, you do this all the time. You guys both work with people all the time and helping them work through this stuff because these are the things that keep people from moving forward in life. Correct. Right. Correct. Correct. So they have to identify them first. I mean, who sits down and says, well, what are my fears? I mean, they might be able to mention two or three off the top of their head, but it takes some time. It takes some thought. It takes some requesting and praying to the Holy Spirit for wisdom and counsel. And uh, identifying these so that you can't work on it until you identify it. So oh, that's a, the first step. A sermon uh, this Sunday that our pastor gave was on tithing, which um, he knew as he started that this would not be the most popular sermon of the year. Never is. <laughs> and I think on average um, the the church uh, does not tithe but gives it somewhere between the 1% to 3% level, right. I think. And, um, and you go to a larger church. Yeah. Imagine what yeah. your church could do in our state yeah. if it gave ten percent. Uh, if they tithe, yes. And and let's look at how what we're talking about today relates to that topic, for okay. example. All right, let's take let's take so, money. Fears, blocks, limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. I've made all the money I can make. I there's no more fear future potential for me. I am limited. This is as much as I'm gonna have. I need to hang on to it. I need to hoard it. I need to take care of it. So that's uh, then there is um, the fear, you know. What if something happens to the stock market? What if happens to my job and I get fired? What if it's like the belief is we can never outgive God, right? And when He says, "Bring it all into the storehouse," and you will not even believe what happens, that's what we need to be believing, rather than these limiting beliefs the blocks the fears that hold us back even from doing something that we are clearly commanded to do such as tithing Mm -hmm. so once you identify the fears then what you need to do is you need to sit back and you need to say well is that real Mm -hmm. let's think it through we call it future pacing in the book it's like well what if that happens what would the result be And what if that happens? What would the result be? And what's the worst case if that happens? You ask that question three, four times, you get to the point where you go, well, you know, if that happens, it really isn't that big a deal. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to Well, dying wins. If you die, you win. I was going to say, it's like with with my daughter. The technique that Tom's describing is called future pacing. You, you kind of future pace. So if this happened, then what? You're walking then it down what? the road. You're walking yeah. it all the way down to its wildest extreme. And when my daughter did get a serious diagnosis, we sat down and had those conversations. And she got to exactly where you were pointing, Jim. She said, 
if I die, if I stay, wonderful. I get to stay and raise my kids and have the life that God has planned for me. If I die, I get to go be with Jesus. Right. She said, I'm concerned about those of you who I know will miss me and love me. She said, I, I win either way. Uh, and, and that's, but that's because her belief was not a limiting belief. It was yes. a belief that God was right. almighty, he yeah. was sovereign, and he had this under control. And she had to wrestle to, to really determine, do I believe what I've been saying all this time I actually believe? Do I really believe all this? Right, do I believe what the scriptures have to say? Yeah, yeah. So fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. In, the, in our workplaces, our workplaces around the country are widely varied. And, you know, and I don't know if there's any really simple workplace. But, you know, I would think the most complicated workplace would be a mom at home with toddlers. Yes. <laughs> That's probably the most complicated. And and then it gets up to people having to deal with executives and everybody in between because they're like toddlers just with ties and, and, <laughs> and pantsuits. You know? yeah. So everywhere in between. How do fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs impact our workplace? Because I, I think we need to tie, let's tie that into our work. How can these things impact how we function in our day-to-day -day in our workplace? Well, the fear side is, uh, gee, I'm not good enough. I can't do this job. I don't have the ability. Uh, might be fear of uh, repercussions of uh, responding in a particular way. Uh, could be fear of the manager. Could be fear of the boss. So all those things come into play and sitting back, analyzing it, future pacing it, mm -hmm. uh, getting a hold of it, using your intellect. Don't let the fear guide us. That's the key thing that we always have to remember. Our emotions are there to help us, but they're not the deciding factor. And what I see is most people let their emotions rule their decisions, not their intellect. Well, and I think for a lot of Christians, there's a lot of fear in today's world um, about how far they can go in expressing their faith, their beliefs, um, and doing any kind of evangelizing um, and developing um, relationships to a point where they can feel safe doing that. I, th I do think there's a lot of legitimate fear and concern around that, but we need to be emboldened by the Holy Spirit and um, create those relationships uh, in a way that we're invited into that conversation instead of bashing our way into that conversation. Well, that's all what the I Work For Him Nation commitment is all yes, about. Exactly. Just, you, know, you start praying for those people, you look for ways to serve them, look for mm -hmm. ways to befriend them, mm -hmm. then you look to pray for opportunities to pray with them when they're having a rough day. Mm -hmm. Then and be a person of excellence in your position, so nobody can say, "Well, you're a Christian, but you're you you don't you underperform." So I'm not going to listen to anything you say. You're the best performer in your position. Absolutely. Then you'll get an opportunity mm -hmm. to share your faith because people are going to go, "But wait a minute, there's something different about you." Mm -hmm. And even Tom and Pam, as people who know themselves, they know their fears, they know their blocks, they know their limiting beliefs. That stands out because those people operate in culture in a whole different way than people who don't. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden, you're not ruled by fear. You're not ruled by your limiting beliefs. You're not ruled by your blocks mm -hmm. because you've dealt with them. Well, here's the fear I have. I might be the only Bible or scripture that a person ever sees. And I'm fearful I'm not going to be able to stand up to that. Well, you know you won't. <laughs> That's why I don't put yeah. a fish on the back of my car based on the way I drive. <laughs> When I had to put, I put my I Work For Him Nation sticker in the back of my car, I'm like, oh, the Lord finally gets one of my final frontiers that I've held off yeah, for right, right, all this right. time. 
It, it, and it's true because I'm afraid I'll embarrass the Lord with my driving. And in Tampa Bay, and by the way, people always tell me, ah, oh, it's worse traffic other places. I have literally driven almost the entire southern half of the United States in the last month. And I will tell you, the traffic on I-75 south of Ocala was the worst traffic on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> than anywhere else in the nation that I drove, including Dallas, including mm. Atlanta. On it's a bad. Sunday it's afternoon. Bad. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Back. But I understand what you're saying. That that fear, we are going to screw up. Yeah. But the good news is we serve a God that's bigger that can overcome our stupid. Yes, yes. <laughs> as as I, Tom and I often say, I can't, but he can. Right. Sometimes I don't even want to, but he does. I mean, he did that with Moses all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Moses mm-hmm. said, I can't do this, I can't do this. He's like, hey, watch me. Just just back off. Just watch me. I right. can do this. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. And if you need backup, I'll send backup. It's like it's not all up to us. <laughs> well, it's not up to us at all. I mean, yeah. that's the cool yeah. part. Yeah. So I think what, what we need to make sure we focus on in the remaining time we've got left on the show is to say, okay, this is a lot of this stuff is driven by lies. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I have found as, um, I've never called myself a counselor, as a mentor, both in business situations, marriage situations, is that there's a lot of lies that we've all been taught. Mm-hmm. A lot of lies about God, a lot of lies about ourselves, and those lies about ourselves have been spoken in, mostly into us by people that we loved and respected. Right. So that's why mm-hmm. we attached onto them like Velcro. Right, exactly. we took value. Right, value because, people, because they were spoken to us by people that loved us. So I this exercise, Tom, that you talked about of helping people identify him, that's a, I mean, there's very few people out there that would voluntarily go, I'm going to expose myself to truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and when you really look at it, I mean, you and I are high D's. We could go, 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 go right till the day we die and never deal with truth. Right. Because we're busy. Yeah. <laughs> we got stuff to do. Well, that's, that's part of the, you know, the way we live here in the West. You know, we had some friends who went to Europe for about six months and they go you know they how they know how to live over there they take their time they take a break they enjoy each other they have deeper relationships and all of us over here we're just one thing after another we really don't enjoy our relationships we don't take the time and it's very true and part of what this book does it makes you step back and think about things well, that's what quiet time is all about. Yes, yeah. yes. And um, I, I, hopefully we'll have a little more time to ex- expand on this. But there are some very specific ways in the workbook that we've outlined to not just only identify what these fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs are, but to actually smooth a path through them so that you can start moving forward. Yeah, and you, change them, totally yeah, change that them. You really can. There is God has given us uh, a way and a power to be able to see truth but then replace lies with his truth. Right. So start off that conversation. What, what, what do you mean? What are some of those ways? Um, Just give me a start with one. Uh, one way that he gave us as we were creating the process in the book was an equation. Now, I wasn't a great math student, and so for me to come up with an equation to use, I knew this had to be the Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> um, But basically through that, what you do is you figure out what the cause of that of that fear block and limiting belief is what it has resulted the belief that it's resulted in for you then you go to god's word and look for his truth and determine what a new empowering belief would be in place of that and then literally you go to renewing your mind on a daily basis on a moment by moment basis if necessary 
to replace the lie with his truth. And that's the truth that we bring into our culture, ladies and gentlemen, as you listen to the show today. We are surrounded by people who are struggling with fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. We've got the truth to solve the issue. Listen, if you are truly seeking a difference in your life, a deepening in your relationship with your Heavenly Father, this is a study you should go through. We're talking today about fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs. If there's ever one thing I've identified in my own life that has kind of set me free in my faith... While going through this study, Tom and Pam, sometime around August of 2013, so I'm in chapters five or six, or, or uh, weeks five or six, and I start going through this, and I, and, I, and I start reading my notes as we're reviewing for the show today. It's like, okay, but Lord, if you really want me to go full-time on radio, that means I have to quit my job. And if I quit my job, how am I going to provide for my family? And if I can't provide for my family, how am I going to stay on the radio? Lord, this is bigger. This is, I mean, I just, excuse after excuse, and I fought the Lord on that until June of this year. So three more years. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's you, a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> and one of those years was just an out and out going, no, Lord, I got this figured out. And he goes, yeah, really, I guess I just need to smack you down a little bit. <laughs> because I, I would say, you know, one of those of three years was a real smackdown because of my stupidness. We're talking about fears, blocks, and li- limiting beliefs. These lies that have been spoken into us that we've latched onto that we just think are just super cool. We need to talk about, Tom, you wanted to talk a little bit more about limiting beliefs. You said the two ones that people believe most often. Yeah. The first one is, I'm not good enough. We all have a little bit of that in us. That was something that I dealt with. Um, I was not an athlete by any stretch of the imagination. I was not the smartest kid in the class. Certainly wasn't the good-looking one. I was a, a, a nerd at that time with big rim glasses and everything. And uh, because of that, I had the same doubts and fears and limiting belief that most people have. I'm not good enough. And part of uh, the way I used that was I wanted to prove that I was. So I used it as a positive. Uh, but boy, most people are out there dealing with that. We hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, no one's going to take care of me. Nobody cares about me. We're all by ourselves. And there's where Jesus and the scriptures come in. I mean, Jesus and the scripture comes in on both of them. If you stop and think about what the scriptures have said, but they're ones that everybody deals with. So if you're out there listening and you don't deal with this or you don't have it, you're fortunate you're in the minority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I, I love the story that you just told, Jim, about wrestling with God for three years when he did reveal what he had for you and what he wanted you to do. and. Some people may wonder as they're listening to the show today, why are we talking about fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs? And this is a book about finding your God-given sweet spot. Like, I don't quite get that. And it was interesting because this was, it's step four out of step out of seven steps that are in the book. But it was the last step that God gave us. But he told us very clearly that we needed to address this because there were going to be people who were going to have... Uh, new destinies revealed and that if they didn't deal with fears blocks and limiting beliefs that they would never be released or allow themselves to be released into the destiny that was being revealed well isn't that what john ten ten is all about jesus said mm-hmm. the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy yes and he uses fears blocks and limiting beliefs but jesus said i have come that you might have life and live it to the fullest if you don't deal with these things fears blocks mm-hmm. and limiting beliefs mm-hmm. 
you will never experience the freedom, the vibrancy that we can have in Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh, correct. Yes. I mean, if you want to have joy and peace, work on your fears, blocks, and limiting beliefs, and it comes a lot easier. Otherwise, you're constantly walking down a path with potholes in it. Well, and it's not mm-hmm. that we don't pick up some of those. You know, we, 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 we set down our fears or blocks and limiting beliefs. And we're like, I'm walking away from those. And every once in a while, we'll go back, hey, yeah, but that one felt so good. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to set it back down again. I mean, I mean this it, is a process. Yes, yes, it is. And it's something that it's not like you have to get this completely sorted out and eliminated from your life completely. Because if you get the ones that you can, you can um, recognize now out of the way, there'll be new ones anyway. So just know it is a journey. It's an ongoing process. And a lot of what we've done in the book is we've given you tools. We've given you techniques, if you will. We've given you loads of scripture that give you tools to use in the future. This isn't a once and done thing. We hope it equips people to use the tools they've learned to fight against this from now until they go meet Jesus face to face. It's really a spiritual discipline dealing with mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about next month is spiritual disciplines. Yeah. And setting aside our fears or blocks on your limiting beliefs is a spiritual discipline. It takes time and a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. Tom and Pam, mm-hmm. thanks so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Tom and Pam Wolf with identityanddestiny.com. Identityanddestiny.com. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I, you've heard me say it. I've been saying this for three and a half years on the air. Get a copy for yourself. If you're married, get two copies, one for you and your husband, you and your wife. Do this together. Work through this together. It will be transformational in your life because you will see God as you've never seen him before, as he reveals you as you've never seen yourself before. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately the Lord has revealed to me and he's teaching me every day. I work for him.